welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keith Blakeslee. We just got done getting over a sugar-filled Halloween, and now we are in the month of November, ridding the world of our turkey scourge. I'm very excited for this wonderful fall lineup of movies, and today we're going to be talking about Wonderstruck, Thor Ragnarok, the Miami Film Festival, and ABC Monsters starring VWXYNZ. We're going to kick off the show talking to the wonderful Benjamin from Washington, D.C., age 11, about the new film, Wonderstruck. Thank you so much, Ben, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So, Wonderstruck, this is a beautiful coming-of-age film set in the 1920s and 1970s. seems like a very beautiful film, especially since it is set in two different time periods. So, tell us a bit about what the movie is about and what you thought of it. It follows... Rose, who's this girl living in the 1920s, and Ben, who is this boy living in the 1970s, and they're both deaf, and they both run to New York in search of answers about their parentage and um, their family. And overall, what did you think of the film? I thought it was excellent. It's very visually beautiful, and uh, Todd Haynes' direction I thought was very inventive. But I also really enjoyed the story, and I thought it was both heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. Now, this is full of this film is full of a group of wonderful child actors, and what did you think about their performances? I really thought they did quite a good job, and they made the characters feel real, and they do things that kids would do, and they make their characters um, complex and emotionally. Uh, what kind of examples could you... Tell us about giving us any spoilers of moments where you thought, oh boy, these these characters are just so complex. So just sort of the way they deal with things that happen to them, uh, certain things, sort of being away from your family or being away from your home at the same time, also how they deal with people dying. And it's very, it's a part of the movie to see them, how they deal with the obstacles since they're not, you know, they're by themselves and how they make their decisions. Sounds good. Now, this film also is getting a lot of praise for not just having wonderful performances, but just being visually stunning. We have one pop, half of the film is in black and white in 1920s, and half the other film is in the colorful 1970s. Um, so tell us a bit about what you thought of the visuals. It's very beautiful, and there's lots of colors on display. And it's rich in terms of the visuals. And the 1920s, the, how you differentiate the, time, differentiate the storylines is the one that takes place in 1920s is in black and white. And it's silent, which I thought paid homage to sort of the silent films of that era, as well as honoring this is based on a book and the author of this book, all his novels are written in pencil drawings, so it made it feel more like you were watching one of those. It sounds fascinating how like the transition from the book into the movie just is just so faithful to it. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, what would you say is the best part of this whole film? I'd say the scene where you first see them go into the Natural History Museum in New York 
it's a big location in the movie where lots of events take place for both characters. And it's just the, particularly with the National History Museum, Natural History Museum, it has a lot of different colors and sort of seeing how it changes from, you know, it, most of the film's been taking place outside and how the mood and basic color scheme changes when they go inside there. Wow, well, it sounds like there are some really beautiful locations in New York City to film here, and it just it just seems like a very, for lack of a better word, just heartwarming just film, just full of a lot of great performances and visuals. Um, was there any qual- is was there any aspect of the film that you feel like that the story was assigned? Pardon me. Was there any aspect of the film that you felt was, was lacking? I didn't really find any major problems with it. I feel in the beginning, it took a while for it to gain traction because it was changing back and forth in the different timelines. But as you become Mm. more accustomed to knowing these characters and their stories, you become used to them changing back and forth between the different characters. So I'd say that's about it. But I'd warn other audiences that it is a little complicated at first, so... Well, certainly. Well, they have, the film is saying like two different stories, and it's. I like these the films that have like two different stories from different time periods, but also how different they are, but how also very similar they are, how they intertwine. So it's it's it can be complicated how how you can weave these two, two stories together. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host Kiefer Blakesley, and we're going to continue the show talking about the Miami Film Festival, ABC Monster, starring BWXYZ. And also Thor Ragnarok. This show is sponsored by Deuces Giant Gingerbread House. We're going to continue our conversation with Benjamin about the new film Wonderstruck. So, uh, Benjamin, what would you say is the moral of this whole film? That if you something is tugging at you and, you know, you really want to find... You know, I haven't really thought up a lesson. I... I guess it's there are core themes at play here about family and friendship. I feel those themes are very core, but I didn't as much take a moral from it. And I thought that the relationship that our main character has with another character named Jamie and their friendship, I thought that was a very inspiring aspect of the movie. Interesting. Now, this film is called Wonderstruck, and I'm sure the film gives a definition of what that is, but... What do you feel like is a definite, what do you feel like is, what does Wonderstruck mean to you? No, I haven't really thought about that. Uh, I didn't really take the time after I saw the film to look up what that actually means. I assume it just means if you're seeing something or hearing something and, and then you just, it feels wondrous to you, maybe? Uh, what about your first, like when you heard about this film, it's just like, Oh, this one's called Wonderstruck. I wonder what that means. What kind of things did you infer? Oh, I inferred there was going to be a fantastical element to it. Um, And I inferred that it was going to be very, sort of, it was going to be realistic, but it was also going to have some more fictional or, yeah, elements of fantasy to it as well. But that's not exactly the case here. How so? Much, there's like one dream sequence, but other than that, it feels real grounded in the real world. And there's not like, you know, it's it's realistic in the way that 
there's just not as much as the elements you're used to seeing from something that is that's in the genre of fantasy here at play. Yeah, it's very much more historical aspect to it, but I'm guessing they use Wonderstruck in a different kind of light, more of just like trying to, again, as you say, just like if you have this beating urge to follow something, go out and find out for yourself because both of these characters are out on a journey of some sort. So it's just, it's, it's just some sort of urge that makes them go on another journey. And another thing I appreciate is not only do they discover things about their families, but they discover things about themselves and who they are and who they want to be. Definitely. That's, that shows a lot of growth. It sounds like the characters go through a lot of growth, which is always good and always inviting because, again, as you said before, these characters are very developed. Now, yeah. what would you say age recommendation for this film? I'm going to say 12 to 18 because of its format. And the story, I think kids would find themselves less immersed in the plot line. And it's not that it's inappropriate, but just sort of the way this, yeah, like the story, do I don't think would be as inviting to children. And yeah, that I'd say 12 to 18. Wonderful. And how many stars would you give this film? And if you can sum up this word, and if you can sum up this movie in one word, what would you say? Um, I would give it four and a half out of five. This is one of the best films I've seen this year, and I was surprised by it. If there was one word I could use to describe it, I'd use magical. Well, thank you so much, Benjamin, for talking about this magical film. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This show is sponsored by Doozers. Doozers, giant gingerbread house. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Talia Jacknook, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. 
we've been talking about fabulous films such as Wonderstruck, and now we will be talking to Nathaniel, who is 11 years old, about Thor Ragnarok. Okay, so wow, we finally have another Thor movie. I am so excited to be talking about this film. Okay, so could you please give us a brief synopsis of the film? Well, it's the third in the series, as you said before. It's about this kind of person, another person from North mythology coming into the Marvel world. Her name is Hela, and it's and she's trying to take over Asgard, and Thor is trying to stop her, and that's pretty much what goes on in the film. But it's definitely a lot more complicated than that. Okay, that sounds very interesting already. And is this different than past films such as Thor and Thor the Dark World? Um, well, I think that those two were more like struggles with him and like, I don't know, they weren't really kind of as big as this. It's like he was going to Earth. But this one, it's like all of Asgard is being threatened by Hela and it's like a more kind of, well, it's not really less funny and easy going, but it's a bit more like serious. But still, they do have plenty of jokes, definitely. That's really important when films are serious to add kind of a little bit of humor into it. And do you think it's important for viewers to watch past Thor films to understand the storyline for this one? Well, it does refer back to them, I think, quite a bit. And also, you might have to watch some of the other Marvel films, because uh, this actually does have a slight cameo from uh, another of the Marvel films. Oh, that's amazing. Well, what I heard is that Marvel is, like, going to tie all of these films together into this thing called the Infinity War, where pretty much a lot of the big Marvel superheroes are fighting against this really, like, big, bad Marvel bad guy called Thanos. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, supposed to be, like, a big thing, and, like, all the people from Marvel are coming together, and I'm really excited for it. I know, I'm so excited. Marvel always has this amazing gift of just incorporating all their characters and just having just like one film would be like amazing. I cannot wait for that one to come out. And so um, you were talking about how in the past films you saw kind of Thor developed as a character. Do you think in this film he's still developing? Did you see like a different side of him? Yeah, definitely. It just is kind of keeping going. And like in the first film, he's more like kind of like snotty and arrogant and then later he becomes like more out no like more mature and then he keeps like maturing and this different stuff happens to him and that continues on in this film different things happen and he matures and he goes through different things and it's just it's not really like neither of the neither the second or the third are as much as like the first film but he still is going through a lot, and it's pretty interesting what's happening. That's great. Yeah, I always love seeing when, you know, characters are really developing, and you get to kind of see them evolve over time. That's that's kind of why I really like, like the, just like the Thor franchise in general. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about great films such as Wonderstruck, Thor Ragnarok, ABC Monsters starring VWXYZ. And our sponsor is Doozer's Giant Gingerbread House. Right now I'm talking to Nathaniel about Thor Ragnarok. 
Okay, so we were talking about how they added some characters in that were in past Avengers films. I believe that the Hulk was actually seen. Did they? Yes, he was. He had a large part in it. Okay, that's amazing. So do you think that they incorporated these characters in it, like, really well? Yeah, and why I didn't say the Hulk had a cameo is because it's definitely more important, and it's kind of, like, already happened in the Avengers movies. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, since they added some Avengers characters, like such as the Hulk, did it feel like an Avengers film, or did it feel like a Thor film? I think it definitely focused more on Thor, but also it was cool having some other characters instead of just kind of always fo- focusing on the previous characters. And also it added in some small, uh, funny characters into this, and some kind of big ones, and that kind of added into the mix. And it's fun to see how it's all, like, how they react to the new characters and what's happening and what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it when they add new characters. It always makes, like, just a film somewhere more, so much more interesting. And I also yeah. heard that there is a new director for this film. So did this film feel a bit different than the past Thor films? Well, it definitely did. Um, and it was, the first ones were, like... As I said before, more easygoing. This one is, like, kind of serious. As I saw in it, it definitely had definitely more joking and, like, kidding around. And I think that they added more in to kind of, like, cover up that it was kind of more harsh than the other ones. And also because, and also the jokes were better and it was, like, well, kind of better. But it was fun to have definitely the humor into the film. Yeah, personally, I thought that the past Thor movies weren't as humorous as, like, Avengers movies. So, you're talking about how there's a lot of humor incorporated into this film. Do you feel like there's a lot more humor than in other Thor films? I definitely do. They're, like, jokes all the time. And, like, at the theater, everyone was laughing and talking about, like, oh, that's funny. And that they thought it was interesting because it just had a lot of jokes and... It was definitely a really fun film, even though it kind of covered a more serious topic. It Uh doesn't really, like, cover a topic. It's just it has a more serious thing going on. Yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's great how they're adding more humor. I love how Marvel can do that. It just is hilarious. And so, um, what is the age recommendation that you give this film? I said nine and up. It did have some, uh, it definitely was a bit... uh, Definitely violent. Well, it wasn't like super violent, blood and gore all the time, but it had uh, some kind of gross stuff, but it wasn't that gross really. And it had some mild language, or not really kid-friendly language, but Mm -hmm. it still was a really good film, and I really enjoyed it. And what are the star ratings you give this film? I gave it five out of five stars because it really is a good film, and I really enjoyed it. Okay, thank you so much for letting me interview you. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, it was really fun. Okay, great. Let's take a break. I'm Talia Jacknook, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Doozer's Giant Gingerbread House. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 
To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley and we just got done talking about the amazing thor ragnarok and wonderstruck we're going to continue the show talking about ABC monsters starring vwxy and z and right now we're going to be talking to Benjamin, about the new film, The Darkest Hour, the film about Winston Churchill. Thank you very much, Benjamin, for being back. Let's get right into it, shall we? Now, this film is, as I said before, by Winston Churchill, the amazing British general, and it's going to be, it's played by none other than Gary Oldman. What a veteran actor. I'm a huge fan of his. He's a fantastic actor. So, give it to me straight, Benjamin. Did he do a good performance? A resounding yes. I thought he was amazing. This is easily one of the best performances I have ever seen. He really does a good job of capturing the essence of who Winston Churchill was. And he had a lot of um, expectations from people because he is a historical figure and a popular one at that. And so people are going to expect him to be excellent. And he delivers completely on almost every level. Well... I would like to, I would say I'm surprised, but I'm really not because Gary Oldman is such a just talented and one of the best actors of our time. Now, so this film follows, I believe, during the war during World War Two, um, when he was uh, uh, when he was prime yeah. minister. So, what is what part of his struggle do we follow in this film? We follow from how he became prime minister and how that process was cho- or how he was chosen to his decision or the how the miracle that saved hundreds of thousands of people in the Battle of Dunkirk, which was portrayed earlier this year in the Christopher Nolan movie Dunkirk. So this is a nice sort of you get in done in that movie you get to see the more um on the front lines and this one you get to see the more political side of that film. Interesting. So you since you mentioned that we've already seen the kind of a history of doing Dunkirk, like more of the action side of it. This is more the political. Did that at all make it not, for lack of a better word, just lackluster since it is not most not about the action, but more of the political side of it? 
No, if anything, um, I thought it was about as on par with the intensity of that film. Now, it's not exactly because that film was ultra intense, but this one, you're really, you're, this, instead of that one following the more, like, every gunshot is supposed to strike fear in you, this one is just certain um, scenes, like, they make a scene in the war room, feel intense and everything it has real stakes to it Dunkirk also had I was just surprised how tense it felt for a movie that's about a battle but not as much about like the you know what's taking place on uh the battlefield certainly like what how this how was this major battle during the wartime like conducted so the behind the scenes of it all now this film was directed by Joe Wright, who has directed some of like, the best like BBC films, like Pride and Prejudice, Atonement, Anna Karina. All three of them apparently had um, Keira Knightley in it. This one doesn't. But anyway, uh, so but he directed this film. So tell us about what, what you thought of the direction of this film. There are some very good shots in here. In particular, uh, there's a scene where Churchill goes on live radio, and there's this red light, and I thought the way that was used was very interesting and there's some excellent shots sort of showing i said this this is more the more political side but i'd say there are like two or three minutes in this film that show sort of how the people who were living in these circumstances what they were going through with the battle absolutely fascinating you're listening to kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley and this show is sponsored by doozer's giant gingerbread house we're going to continue the show talking about ABC Monsters starring DWXYZ. And we're going to continue our conversation with Benjamin about The Darkest Hour. Now, it is the fall season, Benjamin. And for many, that means Thanksgiving and eventually the holiday season. But for me, it means Oscars. Film Oscars. There you go. Now you're speaking my drift. So that means a lot of films, a lot of studios are trying to push out their best films so that people can start voting for the award seasons. So do you feel like this film has a chance? If so, what do you think it's going to be nominated for? I totally see it happening. This is has Oscar all over it. It's historical drama of it's the screenplay is definitely going to get nominated cuz it just it, you feel like you've really learned something when you walk out of it, and uh, it, the, it, the pacing is very good, so I, it will probably get editing, screenplay, best actor, and I definitely wouldn't be surprised if it gets best picture. That good for best. But, yeah, I haven't seen any other films of this caliber of sort of, this sort of film. I have seen, actually, I have seen like three other historical dramas but n- lately, but none as good as this one. Well... Uh, I would agree with you. So far, it's been a. I'm. I haven't seen any like Oscar-worthy or just award-worthy films that much. There's a couple of them, and out there, but I haven't seen anything like last year's was like Moonlight and and La La Land. But I haven't seen a Moonlight or La La Land this year yet. But again, it's still early in the early in uh, still early in the award season. So hopefully, we'll, we'll get more of that. But, uh, Benjamin, what would you say is your favorite part in this film? My favorite part, is there's two, probably, two close contenders. There's one, the first meeting we see between 
the king of um, England at the time and Churchill. And um, it their relationship was pretty, it was not great. They weren't on great terms. So seeing the king sort of with the realization that like one of his enemies is now has to become one of his closest colleagues. I thought their dynamic was very good. And the other dynamic I really enjoyed was the one between Churchill and his wife. All the scenes they share have a very warm quality to them, and their dynamic felt real as well. Well, it just seems like it's just a film full of powerhouse acting and just fascinating historical drama, which I gotta admit, I'm a sucker for that. I love it. I love just quippy banter and quippy lines between historical figures and it sounds like this is just full of just amazing lines and performances yeah so benjamin what would you say is the message in this film i'm gonna quote churchill never surrender because <laughs> that really is the message i mean we weren't really a huge we weren't really helping britain and britain didn't have a lot of help with the whole dunkirk but because of some of the brains and genius and basically the hope and the hope of some of the soldiers on that battlefield, we were able that Britain was able to save at least more than two hundred fifty thousand people. And most estimates at the beginning of the film are only just shy above like ten thousand. So yeah, it's really just not giving up. And if you think you're going to give up, then try to find another way. Seems like such a simple message, but I mean that's basically what Churchill's sort of legacy was kind of built on is just that simple his his of course his speech of we should defend Ireland whatever cost we should fight among the beaches fight among the landing grounds and so on and we should never surrender and that's kind of his the legacy that he created now with films like this the bi- biographical films depicting a historical figure it's always I always feel like when people make those kind of movies they try to show a different side to a figure that we haven't seen before because we all think we know who Winston Churchill is, but do we really know who he was? So was there anything in here that we were just sort of surprised to kind of like learn about Churchill as not just as a historical figure, but just as a person? I didn't know Churchill as well. So this was sort of me going in blank. I had seen a brief uh, he had a brief role in a television series I had watched a little bit of, and I knew he was important to World War II, but I didn't know much else. So I like how this film is like he's he wasn't amazing at the time, but he also wasn't a terrible person either, and he had his flaws, but it that makes it almost feel more the the screenplay better because it's able to show just him as a person, you know, and not just the. Sometimes historical dramas just embrace the myth or, like, all the good sides of the person. But this embraces both. Well, you sound like you really enjoy this film. And I, this has been under my radar. So I have to put it on my list and I can't wait to go check it out. Thank you so much, Benjamin, for talking about The Darkest Hour. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for talking with me about it today. Oh, one more thing. What is the age recommendation? How many stars would you give it? I'm going to give this four and a half out of five, and I would say the age recommendation is 12 to 18 because there is some language, and I guess smoking counts now still, so, and drinking, so. Oh, Churchill did a lot of that, but again, thank you for um, thank you for talking about this film, and I can't wait to go check it out. This film is in theaters November 22nd, so please go check it out, The Darkest Hour. 
With that said, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction, and let's take a break. This show is sponsored by Deuces Gingerbread House. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm talia jacknook and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about thor ragnarok wonderstruck and the darkest hour next we'll be talking with jolene who is from la about abc monsters starring vwxyz Okay, so could you please give me a bit of background and a synopsis of the episodes that you watched? What were they about? Sure. Um, The episode starring V, it was about the V monster and the bull. And then the episode with W, it was about the windy day at the windmill. And these two really stood out to me because these ones had a lot of alliterations. Like for X, Y, and Z... It's hard to make up alliterations with those because there's not a lot of words that start with that letter. So V and W had a lot of alliterations and they were very informational and you can, they teach you to spell, they teach you to sing along and it's just a really interactive educational episode. That's great. That's actually really funny because I'm actually working on alliterations at my school right now. So that's oh. great how, you know, they're teaching the younger audiences and the younger children. Right now. So that, that's, that's really cool, I think. Okay, so um, was the storyline of these episodes, what, were they inter- interesting? Did you, like, enjoy them and follow them? Yeah, actually, they were pretty interesting. They were original, which was pretty cool to see in a kid's film. So... It, it shows the children, Cherry Berry, Alice, and Brian. It shows that they are really helpful kids and they want to help around in their community. And um, these types of storylines, I think, can really rub off on children because then the children will want to be helpful in their community too. So, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you. I know, like, when stuff like, when um, shows and TV shows and movies kind of, like, express strong morals and lessons, definitely kids start to pick that up. And so do you have any favorite characters, and why is that character your favorite? My favorite character would be would be Cherry Berry, the fairy that helps Brian and Alice when in their like challenges and stuff. Um, I really like her because Cherry Berry is like really smart and she is really helpful as well. And she um, always helps Alice and Brian and I don't she's just really like smart and she knows everything and she just she has perfect timing. She'll give the right advice at the right moment when they need it. Oh, that's great. That sounds like an interesting character. Yeah. And so I've noticed personally when I'm watching like kids TV shows or kids films, they add a lot of humor into it. Do you believe that um, they did this in um, the TV show that you watched? Um, with this, this particular DVD, no. I... It wasn't really funny. It was more like cute and like educational. There was not there was not a lot of humor in this. Okay. So you're talking about how it's really educational. And so what kind of did they teach about like using letters? Is that what they the audience? Yeah, sort of like that. They there's a lot of there's a lot of reading and spelling and there's also they they have sing alongs. So then like they could read and sing along too and they also have they always like sing to the alphabet they like go in order and then they ask questions a lot there's like if they teach you to spell they like teach you the missing letter and like you can learn a lot of new words from it and the meanings and they they do this thing where they write a word out and then you have to guess what the missing letter is so it's a lot of fun activities. Oh, that that's actually fantastic. I mean, I think it's really important that TV shows are educational for children because a lot of times like, they grasp the, the concepts better. Yeah. Okay. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Wonderstruck Thor Ragnarok, ABC Monsters starring VWXYZ and The Darkest Hour. And right now I'm talking to Jolene, who is from L.A., about ABC Monsters starring VWXYZ. Okay, so when I looked at the trailer for these shows, I noticed that the animation was very colorful and it was unique and different. Could you tell me your opinion on the animation? Did you like it or dislike it? I usually always enjoy seeing kids shows animations because they're always so they're always so colorful and bright and like happy and fun and this one was no exception like everything was super colorful super detailed and like the people they look super cute too like their cheeks are so big and like it's they look very very happy all the time which is good yeah, that's definitely great. Yeah, I do notice that a lot of times they always try to make the animation really bright and happy for the kids. Yeah. And so, did you have any favorite scenes from this TV show? I think my favorite scene was was the scene where they they were helping this lady find her van. Because this scene, it's like, they're just like going around everywhere and whenever someone needs help, 
they they help them no matter what. And it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of normal, everyday children being superheroes in their own community, even though it's nothing that great. To that woman, they're, they're technically her superhero for finding her van. And then after, after um, they help her find her van, you can see that the children are very happy. So that's very inspirational. And I think that kids can watch this and and like realize that they can be superheroes too. Yeah, I love that they're like trying to kind of make that the overall moral lesson. And so, what what in your opinion is like the main lesson and like the main moral that the TV show is trying to portray onto younger audiences? I think the main message is just to to help in every way you can and like good things will come to you and to like never give up and like keep trying even if even if it seems like tough or it seems like it's impossible keep trying because eventually if there's a will there's a way oh that's great i love that and okay so again this is directed for a younger audience were you at all bored since you're older? And how do you think the parents will react to this film? Will they want to watch it, or will they just kind of leave it for the kids to watch? I think they just leave it for the kids to watch because it's a lot of, it's a lot of just, it's like it it teaches them, it teaches a lot of, of words and stuff, and like like they sing through the alphabet a lot. So I think for parents or older kids. I think it would get kind of annoying because they already know it. They already know what the alphabet is. But I think for younger children, it's really fun because it's like, oh, let me figure out if I can sing it this time correctly. So I think that's why they kept repeating it. But I think it'll get a little annoying for parents or older siblings who already know it. But for mm-hmm. the kids, it's pretty good. It's cool. Okay, that's great. So... That, that That's a fantastic show that the kids will enjoy it because I feel like that's kind of really important for a kid's TV show. Yeah. Um, so was there any music? And if there was, did you have any particular favorite songs? There was. I liked that the, my favorite song was the intro, the intro of the, of the whole, of the episodes, the intro song, because, um, of course, they sing through the alphabet but it's also really cool because, I don't know, it just gets you really pumped up and happy because I think there's these, like, notes in there and, like, bells, which, like, it's very exciting and very, 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 ener- it's a very energetic song. And, like, I can feel energy from the song, so I thought that was really cool because they put a lot of effort into it. And it just, like, before the episode's even starting, you're already, like, super-duper happy and excited. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's great how they have songs that kind of get everybody moving and happy. I feel like that's that's another really important thing to happen, to ha- kind of have children be interested in the things that they're watching. And, okay, so could you give me an age rating for these TV show series? I would recommend this for the ages of 4 to 7, because I feel like from that range you're still kind of learning the alphabet and stuff so this is made this film is basically of course on the alphabet and spelling and words so four to seven okay that's great and so what's the star rating that you give it i give this five out of five stars because 
for kids, I think they'd really enjoy. It's really happy and colorful and bright. And plus, they learn a lot from it. So, Yes, I completely agree. Okay, thank you so much for letting me interview you. It's always just amazing interviewing you, Jolene. Thank you so much. Thank you for interviewing me. You did great. <laughs> thank you. Okay, thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critic team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of Huffington Post and check out our YouTube channel. You can get there easily from our homepage at kidsfirst.org. This show is produced by The Correlation for Quality Children's Media for the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Doozer's Giant Gingerbread House. I'm Polly Jackman. Thanks for listening. Have a fabulous rest of the week. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.